Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Dubay. For context, this podcast is inspired by the book, Entrepreneurial Leap by Gino Wickman. Gino is the founder of EOS Worldwide and an author with over 2 million copies of his books sold worldwide. Now in his next phase, he is taking his passion for helping entrepreneurs by partnering with five equally passionate, successful entrepreneurs, myself included, who have created the E-Leap Academy, where we teach the content from the book in a one-year program guaranteed to increase the success of early stage businesses. Now, a quick note about me. I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 14 when I started my first business selling blow-pop lollipops out of my locker with my best friend. I ran a company that I sold to a public company and later bought back. I'm an author, speaker, host of an annual leadership retreat, and I'm partners in several other businesses. I'll be your host for the Entrepreneurial Leap Podcast, where every other week, you will be hearing life stories from successful entrepreneurs who took the leap into entrepreneurship. You will learn from their mistakes and successes and be inspired as you move forward on your journey. Now, before I introduce my guest, I'm going to share with you a bit about eLeap Academy. The Entrepreneurial Leap Academy provides an immersive nine-month experience for new entrepreneurs with a focus on the three C's, clarity, competence, and community. Let's start with the first C, clarity. You will learn to be clear about who you are, what you want from your business, and how to get it. The next C, confidence. You will learn to be confident you're on the right path equipped with powerful mindset tools. The last C, connected. You will become connected to a community of entrepreneurs just like you. Now all participants receive four full day in-person classes led by experienced entrepreneurs to equip you with the tools and strategies necessary to build a successful business. The Academy's dynamic community connects participants with a tribe of like-minded individuals for support and networking opportunities during and between classes. Students also receive a seasoned mentor offering personalized guidance and expertise to help you navigate the challenges of entrepreneurship. To start building the business of your dreams, visit our website at e-leap Com. Again, that's e-leap.com. There, you can learn more about and sign up for the next Entrepreneurial Leap Academy. Today's guest is Ryan Henry, a highly successful entrepreneur, certified EOS implementer, and visionary of Entrepreneurial Leap. From Lansing, Michigan, he is an award-winning entrepreneur in the construction industry and has a storied background through his experience in his family's group of companies. With years of experience using the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS, in his businesses and seeing the effect it made in his business and personal life, Ryan began his journey as an EOS implementer and is passionate about helping entrepreneurs at every stage discover freedom, unleash their creativity, and make an impact. Ryan has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs on their journey to living the EOS life in his 15 years of experience. Recently, Ryan became business partners with the creator of EOS, Gino Wickman, along with four others, myself included, to launch Entrepreneurial Leap, a company focused on helping startup businesses and entrepreneurs create clarity, establish confidence, and plug into a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. Ryan's expertise, leadership, and passion for entrepreneurship have made him a highly sought-after speaker and mentor in the business community. With the mixture of entrepreneurial experiences Ryan's had, he is the perfect person 
for us to learn from. You are going to love the wisdom he shares. So please enjoy my chat with Ryan Henry. Ryan, welcome to the Entrepreneurial Leap Podcast. This is amazing that you and I get to talk. Well, it's always amazing to talk to you. It's even more amazing to be on the podcast. Right now, so it, it's you you're well. It's kind of unique in that the two of us are partners in this business. So we're going to riff a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey because this is what Entrepreneurial Leap is all about. That's but right. we're also going to talk a little bit about this academy that the Entrepreneurial Leap Group has put together. So this is what we're in for. But as the listeners are beginning to learn. I always like to start with a quote. So I'm going to share the quote. And then if you happen to know who said the quote, bonus points, but I'm most interested in what comes to your mind when you hear it. Got it. Are you ready? Here we I'm go. I'm so ready. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And we let our light shine. We unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I don't know who that is, but I do. I have heard it before and I love it. So it's Marianne Williamson, mm. found on the Entrepreneurial Leap website, e-leap.com. Little plug there. So what comes to mind when I hear that? Well, my, my mind immediately thinks about every entrepreneur in the making who doesn't know what's going on with them and feels otherly. <laughs> uh, we talk about maybe you're like an alien in your world. And my heart, um, I don't want to say breaks, but my heart rushes towards it's a it's a running towards, which is the heart of Elite, just to allow you to shine, to be your unique self. So that's that's the thing wow. that comes to mind, just allowing an entrepreneur to, to yes. be him or herself. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. Love the way you connected it in that way. And what I want to start with, like I do with the podcast, is your real life entrepreneurial story because you have one. And um, it's no coincidence that here you are as visionary of eLeap Academy and Entrepreneurial Leap. But I want to go back to the early days with your family. And maybe you could share a little bit about this gene that you seem to have that went back a generation or two. Yeah. So for context, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Um, my mother's father was a carpenter by trade, sold Christmas trees, and was heavily involved in the building industry in that regard. And then my dad's father owned a series, a, a series of lumber yards and shoe stores and real estate. And I was immersed um, in that family business my whole entire life. And, and with that plethora, I guess the best way to use it is of different entrepreneurs around them because of the different ventures they were involved with. Being around entrepreneurs was just something that felt very normal um, to me. And so that experience uh, for sure um, gave me a context for which how to how to know myself to a degree, I would say mm -hmm. to a degree, mm -hmm. uh, but it was something that I was very familiar with uh, growing mm -hmm. up. And I would say I call it the good, the bad, the ugly of, of growing up in an entrepreneurial family with entrepreneurs on both sides. And then 
And then also watching my father and my grandfather uh, attempt a business transition from one generation to the next. My grandfather uh, being the founder of all those different uh, ventures. So there's the context and then we can go anywhere you want to go uh, inside. Keep that. going with the story. I mean, talk about how it mm -hmm. evolved as you grew up into your teens and so on. And, you know, when you started to maybe notice like, should I be an entrepreneur too? <laughs> well, that's what's so or, interesting. Or should I it be was... a lawyer? I don't know. Well, <laughs> so although I was around all of that, it, the things that come to mind the most are really the pain um, of being in an entrepreneurial family, of uh, being very young in the early 80s uh, in that recession, and then knowing that, that late 80s recession, like those are very anchored moments for me. Um, and any entrepreneur out there knows that in any 10 year run, there are what we say six good years, two amazing years, great years, and, and two years that could, that could take down the whole thing. And so my emotions go back to those memories and those experiences. And it was never during those early days that I thought I was an entrepreneur. If I'm being completely honest, the words that come to me is I thought something maybe was just wrong with me. I did not like school at, at all, um, which is so ironic now of what we do is uh, people who are part of a, an academy, a learning institution teaching. for entrepreneurs, teaching mm -hmm. people. Um, so that's that, that's there for sure. Um, in high school, I just wanted to have a lot of fun. I was adventure oriented. I was definitely somebody might be considered a partier. I, I think anybody that knew me, if they were listening to this podcast, they would go, "That is a hundred percent you." Um, I just had a lot of fun, but I was definitely in search of who I was, and I don't think I knew who or what I was. Uh, most of that time, mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't really until until my twenties that I really started to understand more about who I was and that. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I am an entrepreneur. I didn't want to pursue anything in the family business. Um, I was pursuing freedom, which is one of my deepest desires is freedom. And so they solved that, if you will. We talk about solving issues uh, forever in the EOS. And my father and grandfather's, I think, attempt to solve that was to sell. And so they, they sold uh, most of that enterprise uh, in my teenage years. And then my father left the family business. So those are marked uh, experiences for me. And uh, I went into the Marine Corps out of high school. I was 18, scared, didn't know, didn't want, definitely didn't want to go to any more school, and uh, was... I would say cleaning my life up. That's the best way I could put it. And uh, I thought the Marine Corps would be a great fresh start for me uh, to go off and do something. And it was for sure that it was an amazing adventure and, uh, and really a, a formative piece of my life. But it was, yeah, it wasn't really those days that I wasn't thinking anything about, hey, I wonder if I'm an entrepreneur or somebody, somebody looked at me and said, hey, you know, I think you're an entrepreneur. I think that's what is going on with you. And and so, yeah, so that that's the best way to answer that question. Did, did you ever even think about your family as entrepreneurs? or Because back then, entrepreneurship, not that you're so old because you're not. What are you, in your 40s or something like that? Yeah, no, I'm 44. Yeah, 44, yeah. good number. Yeah. And, um, you know, but back then, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't talked about like it is nowadays, like it's a thing nowadays, you know. But back then, it yeah, was like your parents had a business. Yeah, no, it wasn't. There was no, um, no one ever sat me down um, and said, hey, let's talk about entrepreneurship. That was, that was never, right. no, no teacher, definitely not my parents uh, or my grandparents. I think they were just all doing yeah. uh, what they wanted to do and pursuing business. And so, mm -hmm. although I knew that was normal um, and available, I just didn't want anything to do um with the pain I experienced in the family business. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I think there may have been an aversion to even that consideration mm -hmm. in me. Yeah. 
because yeah. I, I remember just not wanting to go there. But no, no, no one ever stopped and said, hey, I think I know what you are. So growing up, no particular business that you started or anything, any little venture that we sometimes hear about from entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, the only thing that comes to mind, which was mm -hmm. never a thing that actually amounted to anything, <laughs> Uh, it's probably a very silly story. Um, when I was a kid, my parents would say, you have to eat the crust of bread. Uh -huh. And I'd go, what? Why? And they'd say, it's the healthiest part. And it's just not, right? It's hysterical. Just... And I go, well, why? And they go, well, there's, you know, there's starving kids in Africa. And, uh, you know, you have this food. And that was really interesting logic. And I, we had an apple tree in the backyard and I got all the kids in the neighborhood to pick all the apples off the apple tree. I thought we could sell these to these kids and they wouldn't be starving anymore. And uh, the apples uh, didn't go anywhere. They didn't, didn't mount to much of anything. Interesting. Uh, really the pursuits of doing things as an entrepreneur came uh, after I, I, I got out of the Marine Corps. I mm -hmm. was in the reserves after a year of active duty and I bought a home. Mm -hmm. And that's really when a lot of that spark became uh something and yeah. so I, I i had a three-bedroom house with an attic in the east side of lansing and i was working construction and going to night school and, and i thought you know what i could rent these rooms out yeah i could make some money and so i became a landlord at 19 mm -hmm. and uh i went to home depot and i bought all the one two three how to do it books this is back when home depot was doing like workshop series on how to lay tile and put a roof on and mm -hmm. and i thought well i can probably do that and so i started fixing up my house and renting it out and mm -hmm. and and that might have been maybe the early sparks of my entrepreneurial yeah. pursuits yeah lansing michigan by the way is where you're from yeah that's right and yeah, i grew uh, up in owasso right outside of lansing yeah uh, but i've been in lansing since 1998 yeah and so we Part of what we teach and what you learn about in the book, Entrepreneurial Leap, is, is college for you or not for you? So you chose Marine Corps. Did you do college after Marine Corps? That's a really good question. I'll try to keep it as, as brief. The answer is I did. Um, I had money to go to school. But I remember going uh, to Lansing Community College, and I just picks classes I wanted to take. And uh, I remember one semester, my counselor was like, well, you actually need to take this math class and this science class and this history class. And, and that wasn't interesting in that kind of stuff, Rob. I was taking business classes and just a different economic things. So I was very interested in business for sure. Um, but I remember that semester I took those classes and I hated it. I mean, with like a passion, I hated it. And I dropped out all of them except my history class. And I love history and I'm a curious soul. And um, that's where I met my wife actually in a night class. Um, I was remember I was working construction, I was pouring concrete and I would just come into class a lot of times without having the ability to clean up. And I was just a mess. Um, so, you know, thank God Kelly still, that uh, didn't dissuade her from us interacting. And that's, uh, thank God that I met my wife in community college. Mm -hmm. uh, in a history class, but no, uh, college in the early days was not like a thing. I was not trying to get a degree. Um, my dad would always tell me he was a CPA and he'd say, well, I haven't been a CPA for over 20 years, so it's not like you need it. Mm -hmm. But I thought after I started a business when I was, uh, this was 2005, when I started my first construction business. I, I felt insecure that I didn't have a degree and I went pursuing a degree. Um, I had done some other schoolings. I had done some uh, leadership Institute stuff. There were church plant and the vendor movement they were part of. And I loved that. So I really found an ability to learn and love. And these are actually real books. I know you asked me that earlier. And uh, I, I found a way to learn that worked for me. Mm. And I found that I really did love learning. I just didn't like to sit in the class. Yes. Uh, that I wasn't really interested in. So it was a little bit of a mishmash. I ended up did I ended up getting a degree from Spring Arbor uh, in management and organizational development. And uh, 
It was good. It was pretty good. I was actually just trying to see if I could get an MBA because I thought, well, maybe if I get an MBA, I'll understand how to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. <laughs> and so That's to great. get an MBA, you have to have a bachelor's. So I kind of took all this stuff from Marine Corps and Vineyard mm-hmm. Leadership Institute and Community College and some other stuff. And they, they accepted all of it. And I, I got a degree. Got your degree. And, and I've used it zero days of my uh, life since I've had that degree. Well, I don't you even know, know where that degree is. I don't, even, I don't even know where it is. Well, one theme that, you know, is important for the listeners to understand is you're a learner. So you were searching right. for learning and you thought, maybe I'll find it at the community college. Maybe I'll find it at the Spring Arbor uh, College, which is a school in Michigan, a small school in yeah. Michigan for those that aren't, aren't yeah. familiar but you wanted to learn. Obviously, the reason you went to community college was to meet your wife. That's obvious. That's very <laughs> obvious now. That's correct. Right? Yes. That's why the universe set you there. But That's um, really good, Rob. I never thought about it like that, that, that very direct way. Like, obviously, that's why you went to community college. That's true. That's, that's a good point. But, you, you know, the other two things you mentioned, and then we can segue into what business you ended up starting and getting into, you know, you mentioned yeah. you, you came out of the Marine Corps, you got a house, you were renting out the rooms, like mini entrepreneurial stuff here. You got real estate mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're thinking, how can I supplement my payments or whatever you were thinking? You know, you had, mm-hmm. you had to collect money, make sure that all worked. And then it's, you were pouring concrete, you said, so you were out there, man. I mean, there, that's, that's a job you know, pouring concrete. And mm-hmm. uh, so why don't you share a little bit about how you got into your vent, you know, your first venture? Yeah, it's so funny. You're just taking me back thinking about all those things. So I, I loved being outside. I still love being outside. Before we got on the podcast, I was taking a walk outside and, and I hated being inside. And the Marine Corps was great because I was outside all the time. And uh, at the family business uh, in the lumber yards, there was lots of big equipment and all kinds of stuff. And and the Marines had this one MOS, military occupational specialty called heavy equipment operator. And I, I got to operate graders and bulldozers. So if you're thinking excavators, backhoes, I just became certified in all these different types of equipment implements. And I loved it. It was so fun. It was like video games in real life. And uh so I, I, when I got back out of uh, active duty for a year, I, my mom was a stockbroker and she had a client who was an entrepreneur who poured concrete. And uh, she said, hey, this guy's kind of like your dad and I. He's, he's real fun and he's a hard worker. I think you might like working with him. And man, it was great. I worked for him for two years and, and he'd always ask me, what do you want to do? What are you doing? And we'd have all these different conversations about business. And he, he taught me quite a bit by just literally me working for him. I left that business to go. It was seasonal. We worked seasonal. And when I got married at 21 and we kicked the renters out of my house and we moved in together as a married couple, uh, my wife wanted to go to school and uh, pursue uh, nursing. I eventually became a PA. And so uh, we, I went to work full time and I worked for an excavating company for, for two years. Another small business owner that was working in the business, uh, mostly a little bit on the business, but mostly in the business. And that was phenomenal. I learned all kinds of stuff about how to read prints and how to talk to people and survey and understanding how to build roads. Eventually became a owner rep, a project manager, and uh, did that for four years. Helped plant a church, bought some other real estate. Um, that was white, That was quite an adventure. And then uh, right before I started my business, um, uh, the Iraq war came up and I missed going to the Iraq war by two days. And that was, that was quite a, that was, that was quite an experience uh, to, to watch my unit go with first infantry Marines uh, in storm Baghdad and to sit on my couch and watch the men and women that I served with go. It It was quite an experience, but yeah, there was just a different pursuit in mind. So one of my good friends from high school was also kind of the same path, had done carpentry, started doing some side work, was into architecture, engineering, like I was, and done owner rep himself. And we thought we could take his vertical construction experience and my horizontal engineering, civil road work experience and start a company that focused on 
uh, real estate development as a service and construction management. So that was 05. We were 26, 27. And I said, I can't start it until my two years of inactive ready reserve is done because I don't know, I still might get called up. And so the day it was done, I called him. I said, I'm in. And he, he went, what? Are you really serious? I said, yeah, I just told my boss I quit. And so that was the plan. We were just going to start this company. And that was 2005. And um, I always laugh and say, I think I cried more than we constructed anything in that first year because the brutal realities of being a very young entrepreneur Ooh. in a very mature building environment situation was, yeah. was pretty heavy. Um, so that's how we, that's how we just started. It was just like, let's go on the Colby profile. I'm a nine quick start. So felt like the right thing to do. And we just jumped head in. Yeah. And for those that aren't familiar, the Colby profile is a great profile to go check out. Kind of just gives 100%. you insight into who you are. So if you're not familiar with it, just Google Col Colby profile and you'll find it. Um, you know, we have a tool at Entrepreneurial Leap called My Biz Match. And I'm curious if you were 26, 27 years old, if you took My Biz Match then, would it have matched you with the business you got into? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. All yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an EOS implementer now. And of course we teach an academy. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I've always said, I just teach what I've needed the most that Daniel Kennedy quote. I teach as one who is an entrepreneur, not as a, a coach per se. Um, although I do coaching, but yeah, no, the business would have nailed me. Perfect. It would have been like, that's it. That's what I love to do. Um, and that's yeah. a tool you can you go to the website and, and Great fill out. Yeah. So it's a free yeah. tool. I, I highly recommend it for any of our listeners. So look, you got this business, it's tough, it's construction, it's real estate development. You got a partner. Um, we, we, there's a couple parts in uh, the entrepreneurial uh, leap book that talks about the nightmare and the dream. Mm -hmm. So can you give us a story like tie us into the nightmare? Sure. <laughs> so it's 2008. We're growing. Uh, we became a contractor that could bid and bond work and, and public work. So we were, I never forget, we were building MSU's baseball softball complex, Michigan State Universities. And I'm think, I remember thinking, wow, we've kind of made it. We were working for one of the uh, really great developers, Gillespie Group here in Lansing, uh, doing an old armory in town, which was just phenomenal. We're doing these amazing award-winning projects. Our company had won an award for entrepreneurship. Uh, I had won an award as a leader in the in the in the in the, uh, in the industry and in the community. And so externally, we looked like we were phenomenal, like we were just great. And then internally, my partner and I were just we were just creating hell for ourselves. And it wasn't that he was a bad guy and I was a bad guy. It was just. I am a partner person. So if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're wondering, am I a partner person or not? And so it's, it's really a yes or no decision. And if it's no, then and you can, then you're the owner. You own hundred percent of the business. Um, and I am not against that, but I love doing business with other people, collaborating in that, in that kind of a partnership. And what I re learned really early on and what that crisis of the late 08, period taught us was oh i don't know that this is the right fit because there's a problem when you're a partner person and you're in partnership with a partner who's not a partner person <laughs> and that was the problem so that happens in 08 and that's a very fulcrum moment because that was the realization but that's also when the economy completely tanked our line of credit was pulled. We had contractors going out of business. Our bonds were being called and it was, it became a nightmare. And in that financial nightmare, there was the realization that we aren't actually compatible as business partners. Um, but it was either face personal and corporate bankruptcy or stay together and, and, and try to come out of it. And um, you know, thank God that's when I got introduced to EOS. My accountant, uh, Jeff Cole, hey Jeff, gave me the book Traction. It was self-published at the time. 
I always laugh and say maybe there were seven implementers in the world at the point. Uh, but we we read that book and uh, that book applying those principles, which are also baked into Entrepreneurial Leap, that saved our business and uh, pulled us out of that the really, really bad place. But it wasn't until about 2018 when we had hired an EOS implementer because I started realizing that although we were applying EOS, we weren't fully implementing it. And I was super curious and I was leaning in and books are being written, like how to be a great boss and what the heck is EOS. And we hired an implementer and it was probably session three when it was so obvious to everyone, including our, our staff, our leadership team, that the issue, yeah, process for sure, different pieces, but the people component, uh, that was a challenge because my partner was sitting in the integrator seat and I was the visionary. And the problem was, is that he was a visionary too. He just had different visions. I'm a serial entrepreneur. He's, he's not that kind of entrepreneur, at least wasn't at the time. And so he was trying to control my craziness, if you will. And um, we were in hell. That's the best way to put it. We didn't see eye to eye. and We didn't have the same ideas. And we were now at the point where we weren't as financially constrained as we were. And so in an EOS session, uh, we decided to um, split up. And I, I said, you're the integrator. You're a great builder. I'll, I'll take the crown off, if you will. You can, you can have the business. And so sold the business. Probably one of the scariest moments in my entrepreneur career because I, I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, but it felt like absolute freedom. So it's good to get out of hell. And I got a little bit of money too. So I got good. paid to leave. I got paid to leave hell. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. No. So the nightmare no. starts to come into a little bit of a dream, actually. But it before does. we move forward, I just want to share and help. You can help me share with the listeners some of these terms that you're using. Yeah. First things sure. first. What is EOS? EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it is a holistic system that addresses six key components in your business, vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And so that's what our other partner, Gino, created. And that was my first introduction to uh, the world of Gino Wickman. But yes. that's, that's EOS. Yeah, and we're going to circle back. And then what's an implementer? Yeah, it's a great question. So an implementer is a uh, entrepreneur that teaches coaches and facilitates the implementation of EOS with a leadership team, the entrepreneur and his or her leadership team. So that's what an EOS implementer is. Yep. And then we've used the term visionary and then you just use the term integrator. What are the differences? What are those two things? It's great. So a visionary is uh, a seat in what we call the accountability chart. Uh, someone who has big ideas, like a lot of them, big relationships, sells big ideas, the future, closes big deals, is very R&D, working on the business, solving big future problems for the business and big sticky, hairy issues, and is, is very enamored in culture and works on the business primarily, leading and thinking. An integrator is a fit for the visionary to lead, manage, and create accountability in the leadership team and the company to execute the business plan, run the business day-to-day, -day, keep the trains aligned, remove obstacles and barriers for the major functions of the company and the, and the visionary, and to execute upon special projects uh, for the company. Mm -hmm. So that's a duality of leadership uh, that exists in many great entrepreneurial companies. And so that's a visionary and an integrator. Perfect. Thank you for yeah. that. For sure. Um, okay. So you mentioned... I thought you, you made a really interesting comment about your business before you exited it and before mm -hmm. things started to shift in that challenging time. And then from there, we're going to go into a little bit about the academy. But sure. you you said this thing about from the outside, everything looked great, but on the inside, right. it wasn't so great. And so for any entrepreneur or any entrepreneur listening to this, 
we are masterful at presenting our businesses to the world in a beautiful way, but on the inside, it's messy. Yep. <laughs> so yep. thank you for sharing it in that way because it it's so relatable. And I, I imagine anybody listening um, in this stage can, you know, connect with that. Um, so with this in mind, what is the difference now between this idea of uh, EOS that you've shared in this book, Traction, mm. and Entrepreneurial Leap, that book, and the E-Leap Academy? Because I want to make sure we're clear about yeah. how they're different. I'm just going to do a 60-second vignette on what you said there. Because the feeling that I had, that internal feeling, and if you're feeling that, and I just, I just use the word shame. Maybe it's a different word for you. We had to present like that growing up as a business family. Yeah. And I hated it because I wanted to just get this, this issue solved. And the worst was, is that even though all my intentions were not to do that in my, in my entrepreneurial pursuit with my business partner, that is exactly what was created. And it was just, I just want to say to you, life's too short. Get your freedom, find your freedom. So just if you feel that pain, doesn't mean you have to leave your business partner. just means you got to deal with the issue. Yeah. Of course, for me, to solve was leaving. But find your freedom. It's worth it. You, yeah. However scary it is, it's worth it. So there you go. Love but it. the difference, I don't know, the difference between EOS and Entrepreneurial Leap. So the context of E-Leap is... Um, Gino wrote the book Elite for his 18-year-old self. And Elite's purpose is about identification, about who are you? Are you or are you not an entrepreneur? And so, you know, God, I wish I would have had that at 17. And somebody said, hey, you got these traits, visionary, passionate, problem-solving, driven, risk-taking, responsible. And I would have been like, oh my God, I do. And they go, there are you. There you. That's who you are. You're an entrepreneur. So there's a difference. It's about focus. It's about finding that early stage and emerging entrepreneur and helping them understand who they are and owning who they are. And then there's a part of like helping them that gain that clarity, but also gain the confidence about how they can get what they want out of their business. And I always think about it like there is no problem with you telling us what you want. Dan Sullivan's with Strategic Coach says that great leaders are great wanters. And so eLeap helps you create context for what you want. And then eLeap, we say, brings you into community. I call it a collaborative community um, to help you on how to get what you want, to do it in community. And, and the inverse is this isolation and competition or feeling alone because you feel otherly and alien. And you're comparing, you're competing. And, and what I found in EOS and in Strategic Coach, which I'm members of both, and is a collaborative community, not competitive and not, and not isolating, a family, a tribe, if you will. And so Elite's passion is, is bringing that collaborative community uh, to that emerging entrepreneur that might feel alone and isolated and maybe a little competitive because we're pretty competitive in nature. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, or that early stage entrepreneur who's 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 pretty scared and uh, feeling the same way. So with the academy, is there a mm -hmm. certain size business? Because I mean, do you yeah. go to, do you go to the academy if you're just trying to figure out if you're an entrepreneur but you haven't started a business yet? That's a great question. So the academy, the heart of the academy is for an entrepreneur who identifies with those six essential traits, visionary, passionate, problem-solving, risk-taking, driven, and responsible. And if you're wanting more on that, if you're listening, just uh, go to e-leap.com uh, e or grab the book, Entrepreneur Leap, and uh, figure out if that's you. But the academy is for entrepreneurs that identify with that, have taken their leap. They've started a business. And, and they want this experience. So I, I guess the best way to, to just to kind of tell you the academy is I'll give you what it is. What it is, is a nine-month immersion experience with four collaborative classroom environments with entrepreneurs who are just like you in what we call the early stage, that one to 10 people, this pre-EOS, if you will. 
if you're making less than $200,000 in income. So you're pre-strategic coach. The point is, is it's a nine month experience with four collaborative classrooms where we give you a different way to learn, to learn about clarity about who you are, confidence in what you want in a community on how to get it. We assign you and pair you with a mentor because we know that entrepreneurial mentoring has the maybe the best statistics on increasing the odds of success for an entrepreneur. And then we bring you into a place where you can have peer relationships, where you can talk to an entrepreneur who's in that same place, a, a team, if you will, of people that you can talk to about anything. So that's the academy. Its purpose is really, I call it the great leap ahead, if you want to call it that, or just if you want to just really leap ahead and take all of our wisdom that came from all of our failures and all of our foolishness, how we've turned it into success and you know, maybe a little bit smarter. Yeah. We're happy to tell you literally everything we've learned and give it to you because, well, you're just like us. And we just feel like that's the right thing to do. So it's a little bit about the academy. One of the one of the things I noticed in the academy when everybody is gathered together, especially in the first, mm -hmm. uh, the the first class, is at the very beginning. There's a sense that I feel is it's people feel feel very tight to me. So they're coming in and there's maybe a lot of stress and anxiety and sense that I am alone and yeah. I am going to burst. <laughs> like I need help. Tell yes. me something. And what you do so masterfully when you teach these academies, Ryan, is that you allow that tension to subside and you see it as the day goes on where everybody mm. starts to feel like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. I am not alone in this. I'm starting to get clarity about why the heck I even did this to begin with. Yes. And do I even want to, I mean, this is a hard one too. Do I even want to keep doing it? Yes. Most, most do. Most do want to keep doing it. Yeah. And then helping provide a pathway forward to, to ensure that we have a higher percentage of success within our business because we all know the odds are not good about Terrible. the success. What are they? Share. What is it? Like half of all businesses fail in the first five years? Right. That's, I mean, that's like, here's your entrepreneur friend. Here's your entre other entrepreneur friend. One of the two of them going is down. probably going to be out, failed. <laughs> Exactly. Which it's not a bad thing to fail. Failing, you learn. That's how you learn a lot of stuff. Most True. of the great entrepreneurs have bankruptcies and failures in their past. And just to say something about that, we we just we're coming off of our first academy. It's Friday, and we had our first academy uh, class on Tuesday. So you and I were both there and saw that 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 tense like. Oh, like, I, do I have to compete with these people? Do I got to present a certain way? And it was like, you don't have to do any of that. You're just like us. It's okay. Yeah. And so they started talking. We had this one exercise of just list your three successes in life. List your three failures in life. Your biggest. What's life prepared you for? I'll never forget that exercise. We had the whole room share, which was really powerful because everybody went, oh, well, you're just like me. I'm not alone. Okay, this is okay. And, the, and just knowing that there's people out there that are just like you that are going through the same things, that in and of itself brings a sense of freedom, release. I'm trying to think of the word that's opposite of tense. Loose. Yeah, the room got loose. That's what happened. We would take breaks, Rob, and people would just continue to sit there and talk and go deeper and deeper. And I, you know, it's interesting. Lifelong collaboration was created.
by just allowing people the space just to be honest and, and yeah. be themselves and, and just tell everybody what's really going on. And mm-hmm. um, that's the heart of why we created the Academy because we experience those things as people who are in EOS with EOS companies. And we experience those things as people that are in strategic coach. Um, but those aren't available to the, to the early stage entrepreneurs. And I thought, yeah. well, let's bring it to them. So, yeah. So the structure of the cat of the Academy, which has yeah. four full day sessions that take place over nine months. Can you take us through each one of those full day, kind of the themes of each? I can. Um, day one is about who am I? Identifying if you are or not an entrepreneur. And so maybe you have started a business, but you go into the academy and you're not completely sure. Hopefully you are. But if you're not, that's okay. We'll actually give you your money back. $5,000 for the nine-month academy. And if, if you stand up and go, yeah, you know what? I'm not an entrepreneur. That's why this is so hard. It's hard anyways. It's really hard if you're not an entrepreneur. So knowing who you are, discovering your passion in life, discovering your personal core values, discovering if you're a partner person or not, and really just setting up the, the road ahead. Of, of what is to come. And our job is to increase the odds of success. And the first part is, is really just who are you? Identification of who you are. Class two is about what do you want? And we start to build that in the form of identifying it in what tool that we call my vision clarifier. Class three is about how do I get it? And about starting to build your team and starting to build the momentum. And then class four is a big wrap up of all those things and sending you off towards our great collaborators with EOS and strategic coach. So that's the, that's the highlight of those. What's one of the really cool things that we do is that we bring in a driven visionary entrepreneur. We call them people from the future who've taken their leap. They got an integrator. They've implemented EOS. They're living their U.S. life. Maybe they're in 10 disciplines or strategic coach, but they're people from the future. And we have them come back and tell their story and share their wisdom and then just do Q&A. And so every one of the classes we do has that component to it. And, and that's just all about connection. Gino taught or told his story at the first class. And uh, there was two comments that I thought were really, really neat by some people. They said, you know, He's so normal, it's almost underwhelming because he's just like me. He's just so normal. And that's what I love is, is taking that down, that veil down and just going, I'm just like you. Like, it's like when you meet Rob Dubay, you go, he's just like me. He's just a normal guy. <laughs> he's not anything weird or anything like that or otherly. And knowing that somebody else came up to me and said, I had no idea that Gino had went through what he went through, this, this the family business and the struggles and the bankruptcies. And God, it made me just go, oh, God, he's, if that guy, if that's happened to him, okay, it's all Out, right. Outside in, like we talked about before. That's right. That's all right, right. I need to, I want to get back on the academy in a second, but always yeah. clarifying. So the 10 Good. disciplines of full you. disclosure, I'm an owner of the 10 disciplines is a group coaching sure. program uh, yep. for entrepreneurs driven entrepreneurs to help them uh, free their true selves. Okay, so um, now you've talked about community quite a bit. And so as part, of the com- uh, as part of the academy, you have incorporated this idea of community. And so can you talk about not just what happens on the day of, because certainly you can see the community coming together with everybody For in sure. person together, but what happens in between the, ses- the classes? Yeah, it's a great question. So in between the sessions, you are assigned a mentor whom you meet with once a month. And this is a successful, driven, visionary entrepreneur who's kind of been there, done that. And so you have a chance to sit down with them virtually and ask any question. And that person's, that mentor is just there to help you. 
on your journey. So it's just somebody there who has been there, done that, that wants to help, that has that core value, and you are you get that experience to do that. And then you also are meeting with your peer group. And so we we bring the class together, we set up a subject, and then we break into peer groups to share, to share experiences, to share wisdom, to share nuggets, to share pain, to share a problem. Uh, just to help each other. And so you have times with your mentor and times with your peers in between the two, in between the classes. All right. Is there anything else about the Academy that I'm forgetting? It's a lot of fun. Um, That's for sure. It's meant to leap you pun intended. Sure. I say it's further, faster and funner and funner is a word just so we're clear. So that's what the leap is all about. It's just a concentrated effort to help you leap forward. So if I go through the program, I I have four employees, let's say, and Mm -hmm. I'm generating a few hundred thousand dollars in gross revenue every year, just making up a number uh, for a potential kind of uh, person who might come to this. By the end, what's the outcome that I got? Well, our goal is to increase your odds of success. It's to help you avoid what we call the eight critical mistakes, to make sure you are, I'll use the word implementing, a little tongue-in-cheek, implementing the eight must-dos to increase your odds of success, and that you have awareness of what stage you're in. There's nine stages so that you know what lies ahead. And we teach all that. We teach all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Critical. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brian, last question. With everything that you're doing now and all this experience, what advice would you give to an early stage entrepreneur at this point? Man, so, well, if you're early stage and you have a lot of ideas and you are all over the place, (laughs) <laughs> which is probably pretty much every driven visionary entrepreneur in the early days, you, you must stay focused on generating cash. Every day you wake up, there's all kinds of things coming at you because there's, it's just you. So there's sales and marketing things coming at you, operational things, customer service things, finance and admin things, all kinds of things coming at you. But you just have to remember You've got to go out there and generate cash because without cash, this thing ain't going to work. Yeah, that's beautiful. So true. Okay, my friend, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so grateful you were able to take the time to do this with me. I would love it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure (laughs) to be with you. And to all the amazing, amazing entrepreneurs listening today, I greatly appreciate your time and I wish you all much love and gratitude. 